Welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the official podcast of EverythingAction.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything Action Cast podcast for the week of October 30th, 2023. I'm your host, Zach. I'm your co-host, Chris. And uh, we got a ton of stuff happening this week, uh, so let's jump right in. We have to kick things off with some sad news, though. Much like last week where we had to talk about some people passed away, we have a bunch of people passed away again this week. And I guess we'll have to start with the kind of shocking death of uh, Matthew Perry, um, which happened over this past weekend. You know, very, very unexpected, very uh, surprising. Very bizarre. Yes. Uh, I think, I think the, like, yeah, the kind of circumstances are still kind of like, I think being like figured out or they really like got into the only thing they really said is like they don't suspect foul play, but he was, yeah, found in like his hot tub. And I think they're like, people were saying like, they were like the official thing coming out was like, oh, he drowned, but then they found him unconscious. They tried to like revive him and then they couldn't revive him. And there was, I think they said there was no like, you know, drugs or anything around because that was like, you know, I was, he, Matthew Perry has had to kind of like along he's like he's been it kind of like trying to deal with that for a long time of you know drug abuse and then going to rehab and I think I think he's been in uh like I think like recently like I think like he's he's recently I think he's been fairly okay with as far as like you know the rehab stuff and everything but that was always kind of like a that that was like a concern people had of like oh did he overdose which. It's horrible, but it is. But it's not completely out of question. The yeah, realm. yeah. It's it's unfortunate that once you have that stigma on you, it's gonna. It, and it's not like it's not like he was completely sober for the last few years. He even no. admitted to people yeah. when mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, I still have like a little bit of substance thing," but he's keeping it in check. And you know, it's like an ongoing thing for him. But this was like, oh, like, what? It wasn't, like, a body failure. It wasn't a disease. Yeah, yeah, it was like cancer or anything like that, yeah. No, like, what? what, you know, some celebrity deaths that come at you because of age and just time and, you know, wildlife. But uh, Matthew Perry is just one of those guys that, you know, when after Friends, after you revealed of his, like, problems, you're like, whoa. And then you understood like what happened to his career and then his, his minor comebacks and his, um, I guess sort of like, uh, just like his, his, his celebrityism isn't, wasn't just like, Oh, Matthew Perry, the like actor only. It's like, he was just like more of a humanized person for that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think when his death hits, it's, it hits harder because he, um, you know, we grew up watching him in Friends, and then knowing that basically every like, did you hear that thing where like he just forgets seasons of Friends? He just like he he drank and party so hard at some points he just forgot like years of things. Mm-hmm. When you hear that, it's like whoa. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, but yeah, obviously Friends is gonna be like what the thing that he's remembered most for. Friends and Fallout. I mean the New Vegas thing. Really yeah, yeah, he was Penny in New Vegas. Um, move like he's, he's been some, like there's some movies that like I, he like his movie career wasn't as big as his TV career. Like definitely like way more way bigger TV. But like I th- like I think whole nine yards, whole ten yards, or 
I think are pretty like <laughs> remember those and uh, like Fools Rush In and Serving Sarah and like like Seventeen Again is a big one. Ooh, I forgot about Seventeen Again. Where he turned in, like he turned into Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. Because well, on the cover it's just Zac Efron. Yeah, but Zac Efron grows into becomes adult Matthew Perry, <laughs> and then but then he like buys swats back into like his old, his younger body. And yeah, and then also, I mean, ton, like if you look at his, like his like t- like TVs outside of like TV stuff outside of Friends, like he's been in like tons of other like just like guest appearances before. Um, he like he became like regular was like he was on like you know Growing Pains and Who's the Boss and Bradley Hills Nine Two One Zero and Dream On and Highway to Heaven and just ten of us. So and then and I also like post Friends. Obviously, he was a uh, Studio Sixty in the Sunset Strip was like his like big like like you know more modern show probably. And also and also like the, the like the reboot of the Odd Couple. Remember, remember that oh, yeah. happened <laughs> for two years. Who was the, he was the Oscar guy. Yeah, I think he was Oscar, and then Thomas Tom Lennon was uh, Felix Unger. Yes, yes, because he Tom Lennon plays a good, perfect straight guy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it wasn't bad. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't for me, but it, it definitely like when when it was on, it was like nice and. It played it safe because it wasn't uh, trying to be anything more than the premise. Though it is hard to beat the original Odd Couple. Mm-hmm. So I get it. It tried. And that era of CBS it was all like medical dramas and out of nowhere, Odd Couple. So, um, another person that is probably best known for a sitcom role that passed away, uh, Richard Mole. Uh, passed away last week as well. Probably best known for playing uh, Bull Shannon on Night Court, the original series. But then ton- tons of other, I mean, so many other roles. Um, lot- tons of voice acting roles, tons of like movie roles. Um, he was Harvey Dent Two-Face on uh, Batman the Animated Series. Um, he was on like Hercules, like Hercules, and I think he was also on, Z- like, on Z- Hercules and Xena at one point. Um he was in he was in like the live action Flintstones movie in like a small role. Um, he was in uh, the like cult eighties horror movie House as Big Ben, like the like the main kind of the main antagonist of House. Uh, he was he was in one of our uh, everything action favorites, Sidekicks, as the as the horrible gym teacher. Yep, he just threw balls and made people climb ropes. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, and t- yeah, ton- tons of like. A- a- seems like any any show from like nineteen seven, like late seventies into like the nineties, he was he was like at least like a guest star on or like like appeared on at some point. He was uh, he was Scorpion in uh, the Spider Man ninety series. Whoa! I did not know that. It was Matt Gargan. Yep. And then he was—he he, he was also—he was in the OG Fallout. So Matthew Perry was in Fallout New Vegas. Like Richard Ball was uh, Cabot in the OG Fallout. Yeah, I don't really play the original Fallout. 
it seems like a sacrilege, but I mean, it, it's like different. It was a er- different era. Oh, another one. Um, so he was uh, Norman on Mighty Max. If you remember, like that animated show, like he was like the yes. the big like bodyguard guy for Mighty Max. Yeah, I do remember that. He was the giant like warrior. Mm-hmm. Like the eternal warrior that just like like did all the did all the fighting for everybody. Yeah, Max ran his mouth, and then mm-hmm. Norman was there to pretty much slice everyone up. Yeah. Yeah, so Richard, Richard Mole, tons of stuff. Uh, there's tons of stuff to check out for to like pay homage to him. And then also, last person that passed away the last week was uh, Richard Roundtree, who is obviously best known for playing uh, Shaft in the uh, all the all the OG Shaft movies, and then also kind of reprise his role, s- sort of. I mean, I, 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 it's kind of like it's those 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 two recent movies are kind of weird, but like I think he is supposed to be like. Shaft, and then like Samuel Jackson is like his nephew or son, depending on what movie it is. <laughs> but he, but really? he was. I thought, I thought it was like uncle. Well, it's like yeah, in like the two thousand one, it's like oh, it's his uncle. But then in twenty nineteen one, it's like oh no, it's his uh, son. And then Sha- then Shaft Jun- like Jesse Jesse Usher is like Shaft Junior or whatever. So, huh. I kind of like the uncle angle. I didn't need it to be father and son, but I yeah. Get it. But uh, yeah, he, he was in, in both of like the kind of like reboot sort of Shaft movies with Samuel Jackson. Um, he, he was in those and in a bunch a bunch of other roles as well. Um, he was it, like, I mean, there was there was a Shaft TV show that ran for like one season. He was obviously in that, and then um, he was in. Uh, like Maniac Cop, and like um, like Blood Fist Three, like a lot of like a lot of like genre favorites that we like like enjoy. Like he's in them, but I mean, but he's also in like you know he was in Seven. He was in um, like George of the Jungle. He was he was in Brick. I loved him at Brick. He was basically just like the police sergeant in every Shaft movie. But but it was but he was like a high school principal because because yep. the entire movie was just like it was like a like noir movie but in high school. And then he was also another guy that just like showed up and like just like like just tons like throughout like the eighties nineties two thousands he was in like. A bunch of like just just guest starring on like tons of shows. So yeah, so I repeat all three of those guys. Uh, there's there's tons of stuff to check out for all of them if you want to like you know pay pay your respects, pay your homage, like go check out some some of their stuff across various streaming services. But uh, moving on to some trailers, we actually got some pretty huge trailers this week, so we'll jump right into those, and uh, we'll get the first trailer for. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, which is the fourth movie in the reboot series that started with Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, yo, uh, man, when was that? <laughs> Trying to think of that movie came out. I know, I know that the last one I think was like 2017. Like War, War, War for the Planet of the Apes was 2017, I think. But yeah, I feel like, the, like those movies came out every year. Yeah, Rise Rise came out in 2011, so it's been it's been since 2011 with this this like new uh, reboot series. 
And so this is the fourth one. It's taking place, you know, many years after War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, you know, Caesar, spoiler, died at the end of War for the Planet of the Apes because of the injuries that he sustained during the Hitler War. Um, but he, he found like a safe haven for all the apes. And then this Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is kind of like picking up. Now there's this whole like ape society is like risen up. Like their civilization is evolved even more uh, since like the, the first three movies. And there's like different clans of apes, and there's a new kind of like ape like despot that's like trying to like take over, all, like enslaving all the other ape ape clans. And then humanity is kind of like is, is devolved into like the like the feral state we saw like in like you know the OG movie where they were just like kind of like these like tribal non, non they couldn't speak. They were like kind of these mute feral humans, which I think which they, they they explained in like the war where it's like it's like the you know, the simian flu is evolving and like turning people. That's like why humans in like by the time like Planet of the Apes starts is like they're like feral mute people. Yeah, I mean it was a nice way to tie it in if they ever go in that direction. But I wonder if they are like if they are gonna hint that basically eventually it becomes the OG Planet of the Apes. I feel I feel like they gotta be building to like a re- like another reboot of just like just straight up Planet of the Apes like. <laughs> yeah, but like. Do you want the animals to look more humanoid, or do you want to keep them still animalistic? Well, they gotta be—they gotta be like just like the, what they've been doing, like these like you know motion captured like realistic ape characters, just with clothes on. See, I secretly I want this to tie into the Tim Burton universe. <laughs> this Mark Wahlberg just shows up for no reason. Yeah, yeah, just sort of it ends on another trilogy of these Planet of the Apes mm-hmm. with the son of Caesar. I, I forgot his name already. Cornelius. Cornelius. Which is weird because this new movie doesn't have like it doesn't seem unless that's like some sort of reveal or some sort of like thing they haven't shown yet. But like Cornelius isn't the main character of this new one. Apparently, it's this new it's this like new young ape named Noah. And then there's like this yeah the evil ape is Proxima Caesar. I mean, it's supposed to be a generation or two, maybe from yeah. It's, it's, the it's last... like yeah. It's like at least at least a generation passed since like War for the Planet of the Apes, they, and they've built up this whole like new ape society with like tribes and like kings or emperors or whatever. And then, but then, but then there's also like they're finding still finding like kind of like human technology, and then that's kind of like one of the things that this new movie is like. There's some sort of new like there's some sort of technology that, that they can find that like turn like the bat like if this if Proxima Caesar finds this like hidden human technology from the ancient times and you can like t- you know take fully take over which it seems like maybe it's like a nuclear weapon because that was like a big thing in, like the original one obviously it was like they like so they, this human tribe found a nuclear weapon and then they blew up the pl- like in the second movie they blew up the entire planet again but was it in the third one like they recovered from that? I forgot how the original one ends. Like the original... so, so the second one, the second original movie, I think it was was it beneath. I think, um, like Charlton has to came back for like a little bit, but there was also another like other human guy, and then yeah, they find that there's like this like cult of humans who are still they they're not like the feral like tribal people. They're, but they're like more. They're like this like weird cult of people, and then they have a nuclear bomb they've been worshiping, and then they and then they blow it up, so that destroys the entire planet f- like fully. Like Earth is destroyed in the second movie, but then like Cornelius and like a couple like and then like um oh, I can't remember the other like the female ape's name, but like they get in a spaceship and they they fly off the planet, and then they travel back in time to like 1960s San Francisco. That's the third movie. 
and then they raise like a family. I'm yeah, and then, and then that's and then like the third, fourth, fifth, like the original series is like kind of like how Ape Society like turns into Planet of the Apes because they went back in time and like did all this stuff. Yeah, and it's it, like a loop. Yeah, I forgot they did like a time travel thing, so maybe mm-hmm. they're going to do that here. And there's a sh- there's like TV movies and TV shows. Like there's there's so much Planet of the Apes stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of forget. As soon as I forget that they land, it becomes like a Twilight Zone episode when they land and integrate themselves into society. I mean, and then three, I like three, three, three is so weird because it's where it's like, oh, they're like the like the you know, they're like the like he's like society loves them. Like it's like look at these look at these crazy apes who talk. Like we're there's like montages of them like shopping and stuff, and then the end is just like so horrific of them they get like gunned down. <laughs> They get killed. <laughs> they get killed, and it's just like the only thing, only one left is like their like baby son Cornelius, is like in a circus, like, and that's how he like he grows up in like a circus. Then he probably starts a revolt later on. Yeah, because then yeah, in like conquest and like all the other like yeah, like he leads like an ape revolt because like they turn apes into slaves, and then he like leads like a slave revolt and like frees them all. Oh my god! Yeah, I forgot how complex that got. Mm-hmm. They kind of don't talk about that one so much. But yeah, I, but this this new like this new like reboot trilogy like pre- re- reboot prequel trilogy has been incredible. So hopefully this, this new one will keep up that uh, quality. The only thing I'm worried about is like there's no Andy Circus this time, which like that's I mean he was like the like the, such a driving force of like those movies. I'm just like Caesar was just such like an incredible character of like so much like emotional depth and gravitas and like Andy Circus like just like pouring it out like between his his performance and like the like the like CG. Like just made you like totally just buy like there's no doubt like that this is like an actual character you're watching. So I mean, hopefully without him, like they'll still have be able to like do these like you know compelling ape characters. And uh, Wes Ball's directing it, who directed the uh, Maze Runner trilogy, which I I don't, I don't think I've seen. I don't think, I think I've seen parts of the first one. I've never seen like the rest of those movies, like the the Scorch Trials or any of those. So. I've seen just like clips. I've yeah. not seen the whole thing. I mean, I've heard they're pretty good. I, I I don't I don't I don't know if he's like Matt Reeves level, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> and uh, this is gonna be May twenty fourth next year. Next so next summer, uh, Memorial Day, King of the Planet of the Apes. And then we also got the first trailer for the Fall Guy, which is coming out in March next year. And this is a reboot of the eighties TV show that starred Lee Majors as a stuntman who kind of moonlit as a bounty hunter. So he would he'd do like his like movie stunts by day. And then like at night he would like try to track down criminals and like bring them to and, like, or, like solve other mysteries. It was, it was super, super in the vein of like a team or like Magnum PI, like the, any of those eighties adventure shows. But in this new one, Ryan Gosling is the, the fall guy, cult Seaver. And he is working on this huge, big budget sci-fi action movie. Uh, directed by Emily Blunt, who is his is like ex. They like had a fling a while back, and then he kind of wants to like get back together with her. But then the star of the movie goes missing, who's played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. And then Ryan Gosling kind of gets like roped in to like by the producer of the movie to be, hey, go find our star, like he's missing. And then he get kind of gets like stumbles into this whole like criminal conspiracy, criminal plot that's happening, where he, where he's in like actual danger, not movie danger. But his stunt training somehow makes him a capable person. Yeah, I, I get the I get the vibe. This, this is going to be like one of those movies where it's like, 
it's it's gonna end in the place where the show like actually was, where it's like he like this is like his first adventure, and then he's like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. I'll become like a bounty hunter or something. But and I, I also I, get... I enjoy it. Like I, yeah. I, I like the concept of the Fall Guy now that I knew what it was, and then this modern version. I like how it's self-aware. Mm-hmm. I, I like, especially just like, I don't know, like Ryan Gosling when he's like having fun in the movie, you could see it. I I got a lot of uh like the nice guys vibes from Ryan Gosling's yes. performance. Like it like it seems like he's doing the same thing he did in there, which I loved. I was fine with that. I, I definitely got that vibe too. And it's also being directed by David Leach, who you know brought us Deadpool, Devil Two, Atomic Blonde, Bullet Train. And I feel I feel like like you know he's a stunt guy, like he like he's very all about practical effects. So I think this this is also gonna be like this like you know love letter or like a lot like just like like tons of like actual like stunts or how stunts actually work in movies. Because like like he's like you know he's experienced it like he that's where he came from so like all all the kind of like stunt stuff like behind the scenes stunt stuff is gonna be like super accurate but also like kind of like like what he you know what he's done before and just just kind of like highlighting like hey this is what stunt people actually do like in these movies that you watch yeah I see that. But yeah, it, it, it looks like a ton of fun. It's going to be uh, March 1st next year. So definitely uh, check out that. Uh, it, it, actually, if you're if you're curious about the original series, it's on Prime Video. Uh, there's like two seasons of that on Prime Video. It's Lee Majors. Just like, yeah, just he, he does some, he'll do some sort of like truck stunt or like boat stunt. Like he's, he's doing some sort of stunt work in a movie. And then like uh, like a criminal like will go missing or like someone will like show up and be like, and he's like well, I got to go drive my truck around and solve this mystery now. It was it was it was like his it was his follow up series to like six million dollar man so like like six six million dollar man was the seventies and uh, Fall Guy was like the eighties for Lee Majors and I think Lee Majors is supposed to show up at some point in this movie as like a cameo or some sort of appearance here so they are kind of like you know recognizing where where this uh, movie came from and then uh, we also got the the first show for FX's. Like massive historical epic miniseries, uh, Shogun, which is coming in February next year, which is based on the uh, James Clavell novel, which is what like one of the best selling novels of all time, like highly highly critically acclaimed, so- selling massive millions of copies, multiple languages. Like uh, Shogun is like very like, it's like one of the like just beloved novels of all time, and also had a speaking of the eighties, it had a eighties. NBC miniseries that starred Richard Chamberlain to cheer Mifune back in the day. Um, there's def- definitely check out shows for that if you haven't seen it. Cause that, like, it, that's like that's like peak '80s miniseries. Like um, we talk about like always like like you know, like miniseries that like uh, like spoils of Babylon and stuff like like parody. Like Shogun was definitely like in that kind of like vein. But this uh, this new one stars uh, Cosmo Jarvis as John Blackthorne, who's like this English sailor. He gets shipwrecked off the coast of Japan, ends up in Japan like it's in it's the 1600s, and it's right kind of like right before you know the big civil war between all the daimyos and all the, like the you know the feudal lords that are, like take control of Japan and become like the emperor. And then uh, Hiroyuki Sonata is uh, Lord Toranaga, who's like the like one of the main 
uh, daimyos in Japan. Um, and Anna Sawai is a uh, Lady Mariko who kind of becomes like uh, like Blackthorn's like love interest, but also has like her own kind of like stuff going on as well. I mean, it looks it looks pretty awesome. It looks pretty epic, pretty awesome. Like, and it also looks like like spared no expenses for like you know like costuming and settings and. But it it also kind of, it also kind of feels like, um, like when Westworld went to like Samurai World, <laughs> it's kind right. of like that. It's like that, but like actually like the, there's no robots and it's like act- the actual time period. Yeah, yeah, I always get that vibe where it almost looks too um, HD, where it looks kind of like um, the colors seem very like hued and tinted, mm-hmm. and uh, like it looks artificial, but. I get it. It's updated for the times. So That's just how what happens when FX throws a shitload of money into cinematography. Well, probably. I mean, Disney probably too. Because like, I was like, I don't, I don't know when this got was in production. Like, you know, dis poster poster pre like Disney purchase, but like they have they have Disney money now. So <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like uh, I'm not sure if you said it that the guy that made uh, True Detective season one. Oh, like Nick Pizzolatto? Nick Pizzolatto, and then the cinematographer, and the guy that also made, like, James Bond. Uh, oh, um... Yeah, uh... Crap. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. The Japanese-sounding one. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, like, Spectre he directed. I don't know. Look, look, look like that up. Sean Mendez slash like uh, Sam Mendez, yeah. Sam Mendez, and then oh my god, season one. Who did that? Who did the cinematography? Carrie uh, Carrie Fukunaga. Carrie Fukunaga. Like, there's yeah. a certain style that they're definitely emulating. Mm-hmm. God, it's like tip of my tongue. I knew. <laughs> yep. You know, it's like when you know the character from the like how it's shot, the cinematography, the exposure, it's very uh, cinematic, cinematic. And it's great, especially when you're going for a series that pretty much has laid dormant for almost like 40 years. Yeah, I, there, there hasn't been any sort of like attempt to like do a new Shogun since the 80s. The 80s one has been it for, yeah, you know, 40 years or whatever. Over 40 I'm also years. Thinking, if it'd be terrible if they never finished it, because at least Shogun the original they finished it. Well, I mean, this is, this is gonna be ten episodes. I mean, the like I think the, uh, the NBC one in the eighties was like eight episodes. So there's more episodes of this one. It's it's gonna be a limited series. Okay, so, they, they set it out because it's yeah. like the worst if it's like, oh, it's gonna be this like epic. And you're like, what? And then it's like, it goes on for how long? Yeah, they're they're, they're playing. This is like a yeah limited series. The complete Shogun story in one season. Yeah, I feel like that's fine. Uh, the The original one, I I've seen bits of it. I probably can probably rewatch it all over again, but I'm not sure if I want to to spoil it. I think the only thing I've seen of the original Shogun is um, like one of those one of the like '80s commercial channels you watch, Chris. Like '80s, I think it's '80s commercials. <laughs> Um, on YouTube, like I think they they like they had like the commercials that were aired during a Shogun, so you had to see like the Shogun like like uh, it's like where it's like the Intro. promo, where it's, yeah, where it's like night two of Shogun begins. <laughs> Richard Richard Chamberlain is back as Blackthorn. 
Uh, I think I, mean, I, I, I've seen, have you played a lot of the like war, the Warring State like Japanese games or anything like that? Well, I watch. So I've I've watched the uh, actually pretty good. Like I don't know if you've seen that, Chris. But, like the the Netflix. Like I think it was like Age of Age of Samurai or something. It was like a documentary Ooh, that is series. Not a good documentary series. The the one that kind of goes into like the whole like the war like between all the like lords and everything. It is, but from what I heard, that one kind of like is not that good compared to other documentary series. It's not bad if you like never watched one, right? But mm-hmm. in the long run, like from when I watched it, and then it's like other people have said it, it's like, oh, this just feels like very like. Some shots look really good, and then some of the historical footage, whatever they do, like it just looks weird. Well, I, I, I guess, yeah, I guess like the like reenactment maybe isn't like that good. Like I feel like the information's good, but, but yeah, maybe like like the reenactment, like yeah, the way they, the, yeah, the way it's they, they, they it, it's not, it's entertaining in a way that's like, oh, okay, like it. These are facts, but the way they present it is yeah, not it's, cinematic. It's, yeah, it's, it's like. It's a, it's, yeah, you, you you actually like you can get like information about like like time period. It's not like it's not like the like the, the Cleopatra show or whatever where they just totally make up. But they don't shit. dramatize yeah. it. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I I I I read a review that like I agreed with where it's like they put a lot of weird marketing in that summer of like hey it's samurai shit everywhere, mm-hmm. and then it's like this was like a fart where it's just like oh there's historical one. They're they're literally, they're literally doing it like this like like this weekend when this is out like. We've got Anemusha and Blue Eyes Samurai are up on Netflix. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. You get these, like, you get these samurai shows that happen, and Netflix just, like, packages it together. Because the when that Age of Samurai came out, uh, the samurai about, like, the black samurai also mm-hmm. came yep. out, too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was like, okay, like, samurai stuff, yeah. And then that, and you're like, what? But, yeah, that's my only critique. I mean, it's just historical dramas and facts and like documentaries i just like i i feel like i've seen better mm-hmm. but yeah man i'm looking forward to this though i mean this is this is sort of it's it's sort of loosely based on like an actual like there was there was like a british guy that like washed up on in japan like became like you know kind of like deeply ingrained in japanese culture but like it's it, this is shogun's shogun is very fictionalized and heightened and <laughs> oh yeah no if you have you ever played the game uh uh, Neo, mm-hmm. in the Neo Two, it, it's that, based the, on that. That did that, that is also yeah, that's heavily inspired by Shogun, yeah. Yeah, so like I, I played Neo and Neo Two, and they're great games. They're mm-hmm. like you do play a version of like John Blackthorn, and uh, you are stuck in that warring state, and you do play through certain moments. So it, it's cool. Uh, again, I think. The biggest one that everyone kind of got into at the time for gamers was Samurai Warriors because that was like a like a bite size entry into it, and especially well, the Dynasty Warrior kind of way. And and like Ghost of Tsushima, like recently too. Does did it take place during this era too, or I thought that was like I think it was taking place during I think it was taking place during the era, but then they like obviously like Tsushima is kind of its own separate island, so they were they were kind of like separated from like the like mainland war going on or whatever. Because like the one with the, the the Mongolians are trying to invade in Japan, that sort of happened. But I mean, yeah. they only invaded that one colony. Because I'm pretty sure, like, if the Mongolians showed up, like Japan would would have united, I guess. But I mean, mm-hmm. it was just a power vacuum in those times, and history keeping was not a thing. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, we'll find we'll find out uh, in February. Uh, uh, Shogun is. Hope I, I'm. Ho- I have high hopes. I hope hopefully it's awesome. I mean, it, it's FX. FX really steers us wrong as far as like series. So expectations are high. And then uh, last year of this week is that not not quite as prestigious as Shogun or either <laughs> stuff, but uh, Good Burger Two is coming in slightly over, like under a month on, uh, on November twenty second, just in time for Thanksgiving. But yeah, uh, this is a Paramount Plus exclusive. It, it's obviously the sequel to the '90s classic Good Burger, and uh, Keenan and Kel are back as Ed and Dexter. And there's like a new existential threat to Good Burger, where it's like there's this evil corporation that's trying like it seems like they're, they're trying like they're gonna make their own Good Burgers. They're like these like soulless like corporate versions of Good Burger with like robotic Eds in them. And then that's Ed and Dexter have to like stop that from happening and save Good Burger again. I do feel like Mondo Burger won, like eventually, in, in yeah. this story. Yeah, I feel like I feel like this like Mega because it's Mega Corp is like the, the the company. I feel like it should be like Mondo Corp, and it's like they're like trying to get revenge or something for like Mondo Burger failing. But I don't, I don't think Mega Corp has anything to do with Mondo Burger. Maybe they maybe we'll find out they do, but maybe they like <laughs> Mondo Burger was like their like business or something, but. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like it's it's like instead of competing with them, they're just they're just trying to like buy they're just trying to buy Good Burger and then like make it into like a corporate product. It, it, it reminds me kind of like like Wayne's World, where like it's like you know they they like you know Rob Lowe like bought Wayne's World and it turned into like this like soulless soulless corporate version of it. <laughs> it was like you you sold us the right you sold us the rights like we own it now like we're we're, we're gonna make Good Burgers across the across America. <laughs> Instead of this one, like, one shiny beacon that's, like, exists, that's, like, everyone loves. Like, we're just gonna, like, like, like the, the shitty corporate version that's soulless. And, like, uh, like Jillian Bell from Workaholics is, like, the, the CEO of uh, Megacorp. And, like, Little Rel Hallery is, like, her, like, assistant. And then, uh, like, some, some, of the, some of the cast from, like, the original, like, like a lot of the, some, some of the all that folks are coming back. Like, Larry Bethenberg and Josh Server. Like Carmen Lecter is coming back from the first movie, and um, and I think like Alex Alex our Hibbert is playing like Ed's son Ed Jun like Ed two, who's basically like, like also just like Ed but like younger Ed. But yeah, I don't know. Like I, like what, what like I don't know. The trailer was like I I kind of was like, I mean it's not it's gonna be Paramount Plus so it's gonna be free but like. I don't know. <laughs> like, you kind of just, I'm like, I, this, I get, I get like Space Jam New Legacy vibes. <laughs> yeah. I, it feels like it was too good of a thing. And I feel like it kind the of feels story like... doesn't quite match the time frame. Yeah. It, I, I get it, the setting. It just feels like it doesn't escalate. It's just playing it safe. And it, 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 it... Like it might have been too long. Like they might like it's been too long since the first one. <laughs> like no one cared. Like we like we care because we grew up in the nineties. But like no one like the kids today don't care about Good Burger at all. It's like who like who's this for? <laughs> like I don't know. I mean I'll I'll, I'll probably still watch it because it'll be on Paramount Plus. So I have Paramount Plus. So I'll watch it, but I don't know. I was watching the show. I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't mind. Like it's free and yeah. I mean, if you have the service, I, mm-hmm. I get it, and it, I don't yeah. know. It might be good, but um, the it's gonna be for diehard fans. I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll have to see. But yeah, you can you can gather the family on Thanksgiving, watch this, it'll be on Paramount Plus. <laughs> and uh that's it for sure, so let's dive into some other news. And uh, speaking of streaming services, um it's pretty huge news in world of streaming. Uh Disney is going to be buying all the remaining stake in Hulu, and they'll have one hundred percent control of Hulu. So if if you don't if you don't remember, if you don't if you don't know when Hulu first founded, got founded, it was a joint venture between ABC, NBC, and Fox. They each they, they each had like kind of like thirty three percent of like the the, the company. Uh, that's why like all like the all the shows from like the, like like there was like ABC shows and NBC shows and Fox shows all on the same service. And then when Disney bought Fox, they got Fox's stakes, so they owned like sixty like sixty six percent of the company. And so now now they're Disney's buying. NBC slash Comcast's remaining stock of Hulu, and then they are going to uh, have full control of Hulu, and they are paying uh, eight point six one billion dollars for those uh, shares. You, you know, they're just going to become like Disney Plus two. I I, I don't understand why. It's it kind of, so... I mean, it kind of already is. I mean, this, like they like because like there's still there's still NBC series, but NBC is, is has been like really trying to move stuff to Peacock. Which that I mean, going forward, like that'll be like the only place you can get NBC shows is Peacock. I probably after after this like merger goes through, and and there's, there has been like 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 Goosebumps, like the like the new Goosebumps is on Hulu and Disney Plus. So like Disney's already been kind of like you know putting stuff on both or like like or it's or it's like kind of like you know, like. Lot, lot, like the, I think, like I think, like like the Mandalorian, Loki, like so they, they're, they're kind of like these like trials where it's like, oh, the first three episodes of the Mandalorian are on Hulu. Go watch it if you like it. Disney Plus, like. And there, there, there is some, um, some you know, some regulatory stuff to go through. They gotta make, you know, you gotta make sure it's not like a monopoly. They got like FCC or whatever it has to determine if, if it's a not monopoly or not. It seems like it's, it seems like it's gonna go through, and then. Um, you know, the, the Disney, Disney expecting like by the end of this year they'll have you know full control of Hulu. Wow, I feel like that's a little too much power now. Where where they'll have like two like two streaming services under, fully under their control. Yep. I mean, I, the Hulu it, originals are like. <sighs> So now they're telling Disney properties. Then, like they're Disney movies now. I mean, I, I guess they could. Yeah, I guess they could. Like maybe like cross, you know, cross pollinate. They could like put some Disney Disney Plus stuff on there. Um, I don't. I don't know if they would put like Hulu stuff on Disney Plus because they're trying to keep Disney Plus at least in like the U.S. like more family friendly. Or I mean, they they did they did put like Netflix like Marvel shows on there and stuff, but you had to like opt into. Like show me, you know, show me TVMA content, or whatever. But I don't, I don't think they would have like Justified or like Sons of Anarchy or any of that, like any of the FX shows or anything on Disney Plus. I think that would stay on Hulu. I think Hulu, Hulu would probably be, remain like an FX, uh, like fo- like uh Fox, like actually like broadcast Fox, you know, network, uh, or like streaming service, and then like all the other like Fox properties that they own. I know, I know they have like ESPN. There's like a ton of ESPN stuff on Hulu now. Like, 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 like live streaming sports is on Hulu. 
But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll see when we'll see it goes through, and then after it goes through, we'll see you know kind of what changes happen on Hulu. But yeah, if you're if you're uh, if you're an NBC fan though, if you if you like you're if you watch all the NBC stuff, you might want to you know have Peacock. I would say you might need to start looking at Peacock. <laughs> and uh, we also this week found out that uh, over on Amazon, they are going they're in early development for a Poltergeist TV series. So apparently, a show in the in the in the world of of the Poltergeist movies. There's no plot some there's no plot details there's no writers there's no pretty much no details it's just like hey we're doing this we, we own this we're gonna do it we're doing something with it because <laughs> I, I think that was, I think that was like part of the uh, when they bought MGM they, I think they got the rights to uh, poltergeist I mean do they need to keep I thought they just made poltergeist the, the live action movie like 10 years ago the one with Sam Rockwell was that a poltergeist? Yeah, that was poltergeist. Oh my god! Yeah, there was a remake. I totally yeah, forgot so that like, existed. Yeah, not, I guess it's in ten years again. Like who are yeah. you again? Mm-hmm. I think yeah, they did like a poltergeist. Yeah, some, yeah, like a poltergeist something. But yeah, man, that came and went, and it just like I guess yeah, just keep the rights alive. The, <laughs> the series most, is the, like the, the most forgotten horror remake of all time like no one no one remembers the movie came out besides me besides you yeah i remember because i remember i caught it on tv Mm -hmm. and it was just like a fine show like a fine movie played it safe It, it didn't try to do something that um you know, like, it didn't try to put, like, oh, like, a cursed nun shows up or something, you know? Like, it's just, mm-hmm. you've got ghosts in the house. I, I was fine with it. Like, I, I just feel like it was that. She was like, hey, okay, time to update, like, Poltergeist, but... Uh, I, 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 I hope they don't try to make it into a TV show. I know, like, a lot of freaking uh, networks, when they get the rights, they try to run with it and try to make it, because... Do does anyone remember the Exorcist TV show? Like like the Fox show, yeah. I watched the first couple episodes and I was like, mm, eh. <laughs> apparently, apparently, there are people like like that. that like, I guess like, I guess it got better. Or there's like fans of that show. Yeah, I did hear it gets better by the end, but then it just it's over. And apparently, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm on Variety for like the article about this like the story, and apparently there was like a there was a Poltergeist Poltergeist Legacy was the first Poltergeist TV show. So this would be like the second Poltergeist show because there, there already was like a Showtime show that ran for, ran for three seasons and then like Sci-Fi Channel had it for the final season. So it was four seasons of Poltergeist The Legacy, which is about a group called The Legacy that protected mankind from supernatural dangers. Huh. Did not know they had that kind of show. So I maybe, yeah maybe this new show will be like something like that or maybe it'll just be like a, a like a, a TV remake of the first the, the original movie and then go from there who knows we don't we have, there's no details uh we'll just have to keep an eye out on so as it develops and <laughs> see what this is but yeah Amazon is like really trying to like all all the properties they got from MGM they're like, like really trying to figure out like what we're gonna do with like all these like properties like like Robocop and then like uh they're, they're making like a new like girl with the dragon tattoo series that's gonna be like set in that world because they they own like the rest of that like i think the u.s versions of those of those movies 
they're, they're doing that bond like bond like uh like amazing race show with brian cox oh god i the ads for it sounds so aggressive if you if you hear it mm-hmm because it's like, because <laughs> like if they if they want to make an actual Bond movie, they have to like go to the Broccoli's. But they can do like other, they can do like Bond adjacent stuff, like a reality show, and then they, that that's fine. They they fully own that. So, but yeah, well, yeah, all all these MGM properties just you know get ready for <laughs> TV shows or movie remakes because Amazon's like seems like very. Very anxious to like get them like kind of like back in the, like, the zeitgeist, like do something with like all these all the stuff they bought for however much they paid for MGM. And then uh, last story for this week is that we got some news that uh, Chuck Norris is going to be back in action. Uh, he is starring in a new movie that's coming out next year, a new action movie, along with uh, Derek Ting and Mark Singer, aka the Beastmaster himself. For a new movie called Agent Recon, which is a uh, sci-fi action movie where a squad of uh, like special forces uh, soldiers are sent to t- like to take on like a there's like a mysterious energy disturbance in New Mexico, and then they have to fight aliens. And like and Chuck Norris is the commander of that team, and then there's also then like Derek Ting and Mark Singer are like like member like members of that team. <laughs> explain the age because it's like why do you have a bunch of eight like 80 year old guys age, yeah. <laughs> 70 year old guys yeah why don't you younger guys I, w- I would assume uh derek king who i think is like a you know kind of like martial arts like action guy like uh it like it's gonna be probably doing most of the fighting and then chuck Norris will probably, probably like be firing a gun maybe maybe kick someone at some point but like and then mark singer will probably just be like shooting a gun at random alien things Who knows? Maybe maybe they'll, maybe they're like you know, <laughs> like maybe they'll actually like do some fight scenes. That'd be incredible. But it's, That'd be fine. Yeah, I don't see that. I just want there to be epic music playing when he finds. <laughs> and hope, and, ho- I, and hopefully, hopefully not like a lot of like crazy cuts like a Liam Neeson movie where it's just like we got we got to try to make it look like he's doing something. Right, right. Or it's just like he's having fights, but he somehow has a chair, like he's sitting down. <laughs> Steven Seagal style. I'm gonna have a yep. fight scene on a couch. And I'm not gonna move off this couch. We're gonna fight on this couch. Can't believe that's actually a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Derek Derek Ting also is directing the movie, so he's he's starring and directing in it. What was he in? Um, he's been in a bunch of uh, I believe. Is he, is he Chinese or um, looks like like he was in like Super Capitalist and Agent Revelation? So yeah, I don't I don't I don't think like not a lot of like uh, you know well known <laughs> movies, but this like I guess, I guess like with like Chuck Norris and like Mark Singer involved, this will probably be like his like highest most high profile movie to date. And it's all it's all with like I think a lot of his movies he's done with Quiver and Quiver's the one that's, that are produced are like kind of distributing uh, Agent Recon. Yeah. 
So he's, he's like Derek King has worked with, with them before on uh, movies. But I, I, yeah, definitely curious. Like, hopefully, I mean, hopefully we'll get if it's coming out next year. Hopefully, we'll get a trailer like you know soonish, and we can actually see like what what this is. We only have like a promo shot of like all three of those guys, and like it's like. Chuck Norris has like double double machine guns in like classic like Invasion USA pose, and then Mark Singer's got a gun. Dirk King has a gun. And they're in like camo. That's all we have right now. It's just space expendables, but like a, a third of the budget. Yeah, I feel I feel like that's like the last thing we saw Chuck Norris. Like that's the last major Chuck Norris thing was like Expendables two. So yeah, def- definitely curious and excited for like uh, to see like yeah Chuck Norris back on the screen in something, and uh, it'll be yeah sometime next year we'll we'll see that hopefully. And then that's it for news this week. So I'm gonna jump into show and tell. And uh, Chris, what did you watch over the last week or so here? Uh, so I recently watched The Exorcist to get ready for Halloween. The, the original, not the, the not, original. not, not yeah, Exorcist not Believer. Believer. <laughs> yeah, I watched the original Exorcist as a rewatch. Mm-hmm. It's been a long, long time since I've seen it. It's definitely a movie I can understand why it's scary and it's beloved, but I don't know. It's not a movie I want to watch like more than like once every like ten years to me. Oh, no, it's not. It's not like a fun like. Let's just throw in the Exorcist. That's fun. Like, yeah, it, it's like it. The beginning feels like homework, just because you need to, like, follow each character's background and then sort of, like, build up the the um, the belief that possessions are real and the devil's real and that evil's real and that, you know, the church does uh, exorcisms, but it's been, like, a very forbidden and, like... Uh, sort of, like, hush-hush detail about their society. And then you learn a lot about the other priest, who I just forget his name all the time, that isn't Christopher Plummer, the other priest Mm -hmm. that um, is having a question of faith. Until, basically, he discovers that, you know, that his work does serve a purpose and it is to be like a servant of God and all that. And it gets like very religious, you know, and it's like, I kind of forgot that, especially if you think about the other versions, other, other iterations, mm-hmm. this one really does put a whole, like it challenges. Like if you have religious ideas and ideologies, it's sort of like a counterbalance. So it's like, as, if evil exists and so much good, but the good is very limited in power. Uh, and that, and the crazy thing is, like, I remember way more parodies of The Exorcist and more, more modern takes on this than the original. Like, do you know the scene in uh, Constantine where he performs an exorcism and that's only, like, eight minutes long or less? Mm-hmm. That's his whole movie. That one scene is the last 20 minutes of this two-and-a-half-hour-long movie. The first hour of The Exorcist has nothing to do with the last hour. Besides building up the mythos and all that, the first hour is just talking. Yeah, because, like, you know, like, Chris McNeil thinks, is like, oh, this is, like, some sort of weird disease that my daughter has. I have to, like, go to, like, doctor. No, that doesn't happen yet. Oh. 
it's been a while since I saw it too, but like, yeah, that that's like the second act. The first part literally is just her going about her day and then like going about her acting and a lot of like uh, establishing shots and zoom outs and then like not fake outs because they didn't use that yet, but just sort of like long takes and then people walking and a lot of like just running the time reel. So you think it's that. That doesn't happen yet. The next hour is her trying to do like experiments and then crying and then, you know, complaining about her ex her ex husband who just does not give a shit to be there. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of that. Like that like the first hour is establishing that it's like it's Reagan's birthday and then um the 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 priest has a uh he, he can't find the balance between his personal life and his religious his calling you know his calling the jesuits and then you get the detective who's just like hey i heard about this thing or not or there's been like crazy stuff happening in new york or not new york in washington that that sort of just like builds towards that i don't think the detective even comes in until like the 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 director that dies off screen i think they're just like, hey, did you know the director of this movie is dead? <laughs> that's it. You know, like, that's, I, they don't even revisit that. I think it's just mentioned once. I don't remember if he died. Then, I kind of was doing other things, but it's one of those things where, like, oh, he's dead. And then it's like, what? Yeah, Burke's dead. The director, Burke, remember him? Well, the, the detective, too, like, Kinderman also, it becomes, like, the main character of Exorcist 3. I mean, he's interesting. Kinderman is a, a interesting character, but the movie has so many, like, I, I guess, like, the book that this is based on probably is better to read, to paste, to, to follow these characters. But Kinderman in this one, he dresses like Detective Fuso. He <laughs> he sort of just, like, doesn't do anything besides act as the law, so that way when all this shit happens, it's, like, valid. You know, it, it's like, oh, it's by the books, and there's no crime against this yet. So that that's something that again, I'm not insulting exorcism. It it's inspirational. It's it's put a lot of inspiration out there. It's just one of those classic movies that maybe to me just doesn't ring as much, or maybe I've just been feeding on too many junk food movies, horror movies, but I it's just like I watch it out of respect to watch it. I I, the cinematography, the establishing shots, the acting are all great. I just maybe, I don't know. Like, I, 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 can't, I, I can't be the only one who thinks that. Who just like, yeah, I just don't want to watch it anytime soon. Maybe if someone like has never seen it before, I'll watch it with them. Well, I mean, it's been like, yeah. I mean, well, the, the, you know, the pace, yeah, like you, you're saying, like, oh, the first, like the first hours, like, like just like establishing shots. It's, it's definitely. The pacing is very different than because this, you know, it's, it's the seventies. It's a totally different style, of like like plotting and uh, movie making. If, if you're if you're used to like yeah, you know, or if you're used to like, or if you've been like, because now now it's like all even like the con like the, the conjuring stuff is all like crazy, just like over the top, like everything. Every, the, the entire house is exploding. Like it's like. Um, oh, yeah. if, I, if I went back in time and just showed him a DVD of The Conjuring, I would have been like an Oscar award winner movie maker. Just be like, this guy's like a visionary. Yeah, but the, it's the, hard to come back from that. Like, unless you 
state that this is a very independent movie with low budget based on the time frame. Like, yeah, feels that way at times. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's a low budget. I mean, I think, I think oh it was no, like... no, it, it was high budget. That, that yeah. movie. No, the 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 fact that they go to the like settings, it's like they go, they find a lot of places, they do a lot of salvage. It's you know not CG. It's like they figured out how to do it. I it's a film. I think I watch it more as a film like critic, so I understand the history of film. Like I don't know what the correct term is because I'm not a filmmaker. I'm not a filmmaker to say, oh, you know, I I know that's how you respect the art. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'll say you need to watch if you haven't seen like if you like if you haven't seen Sorcerer yet, Chris, like William Friedkin, like that that's the movie that takes like uh, if you think the Exorcist takes a while to like get started, the Sorcerer takes like I think probably at least like an hour and a half to like even get into the like the main plot of the movie. Like there's like an hour like an hour. It's every care every uh, each of the main characters gets like at least like a half an hour of like a setup. <laughs> Of like a, a full like mini story to set them up and then it eventually gets into like oh now we're in the main story we're like we're an hour and like 15 minutes in this movie and then we're finally getting to like what the actual like selling point plot the movie is but it's also my, it's also like an amazing like it's like all, all the stuff that makes me freaking amazing like yeah the the way it's shot and like the locations and the acting and everything like so I, I get it. Like, you know, it, it's definitely a a movie watch experience to say that you've seen it. Uh, it's also to say that you understand the the art of it, the like the the appreciation of it. I I don't know. Like I especially when you're looking for like a spooky, scary, quick Halloween movie you throw on and just laugh at and you know have frights. Exorcist takes a long time to get to that and. Yeah, like it, it's, it's definitely hmm? it's it's probably it's probably one of those things too where I think we talked about it before where there's been so many like parodies and like stuff that's like in, been influenced by The Exorcist that you go back to the original and it's like oh I've like I've seen this before even though this is the movie that started all of it <laughs> like or it's like I or I've or I've seen like the like fake the fake version of this and that that's I've like seen way like, too much of the fake yeah yeah so I, I get it it. it Again, to wrap it up, so so it's so long. Uh, I do am I am interested in seeing Believer now. Like going from this to Believer, I think would be like an interesting updated version. And from what I understand, Believer is good if you appreciate sort of like the themes and then the the original intent of The Exorcist, because it wasn't trying to be like popcorn horror. It wasn't trying to do um like you know poppy cinematic junk food it was trying to do something that is in lines of oh this is like religious horror and then you know the struggles of like humanity versus like evil but you just are it's an unfair fight exorcism is good for that like has a great ending has a great message about like sacrifice and then doing the greater good so if if you've never seen three i would highly recommend checking out three too because three is like really good uh that's not the heretic is it no two is the heretic is two three is like it's exorcist three i forget what the subtitle is but it might just be exorcist three 
But it, it, yeah, it, it's the actual like William Peter Blatty who wrote The Exorcist directed that movie, and yeah, it, it's much more of like a serial killer like crime movie, but then it has like you know supernatural elements, and it's, it, it's George C. Scott is like become is like becomes Kinderman because Kinderman played like, a different actor in the first one, but then now yeah, it's George C. Scott. It's got yeah. Brad Dourif in it. It's like like the Gemini Killer who's just doing a crazy like Brad Dourif performance. Uh, there's yeah, there's some crazy sequences, some crazy kill sequences that are in there. Definitely, definitely, it's, it's become like a cult classic. Like people like like really appreciate Exorcist Three now. Yeah, give, give a shot. You know, I, I feel like this was something that, uh, especially some critics, they say Exorcism is their top horror movie, and it's like I get it, but do you want to keep watching this? Like yearly some people like watch this movie a lot more than i thought you know like and it's like i i uh, again i get it you know i i understand the hype if it was the 70s and it's and it's so it's like the exorcism genre is like so overdone right now like rather we did the whole video about like oh what is it what is on tubi it's exorcism movies and shark movies and then sometimes there's like shark exorcism <laughs> where they combine them so it's like because you, you can just make it you can, anyone can just make it like a shitty like demon movie just like where you just like throw like holy water on like a guy, person like squirming on a bed and then that's like oh it's exorcism we just film in our bedroom like yeah it's a genre defining movie and I I get it mm-hmm. but uh, we'll get into the next movie that's sort of like that uh, so I also started watching and I finished uh, Bodies on Netflix okay I was watching that like casually and I just ended up watching all of it just finishing through the last two episodes. I haven't started yet. I put it on my queue. I'll probably get to it hopefully soon. <laughs> I won't talk much about it because I feel like you need to finish it to get to where I'm at because I can get in, into a tangent. Don't, I want to avoid that. Just because um, I should say like it gets it, it checks everything off my box of things I love. Like BBC Suspense. Uh, time travel. Mm-hmm. Time looping. And then sort of like curveball sci-fi that ties it all in when i'm not spoiling much but it it does a good job that basically if they i hope they don't do a second season like it feels like a very tight story i don't know i think the comic is finished like it was a comic first and then they got to like where the story needed to be and they went yeah let's just stop but i like it i like it's like its message and its themes. Uh, definitely, like again, it's hard to go from exorcism to like bodies, but different thing, different horror, different elements of the like sci-fi that uh, that the show. If you get to a certain point, I don't want to spoil it. They do say we can't explain it. They kind of do like, oh well, how does this happen? And then someone looks at the, sort of in the camera or like. At least three times in one episode, Zach, they will say, "Don't think about it. Like we can't explain it. It just happens. Mm-hmm. Time travel." You're like, "What? Like how, how is this? How is this, this body show up in three different errors? It's just like time travel. What do you mean? Doesn't don't? It could be whatever. Like you know, it's so like <laughs> dumb. Like whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. But it's like you have. It's like the one hurdle that every few episodes you will be asking yourself that, but. I mean, not to spoil it, because you understand that this show takes place over, like, four different errors. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. That, that, was, that, was, that was in the trailer. That, like, I, like, but if you like didn't even bother with the trailer, because I, I feel like because I knew that, it does sort of spoil one or two things. But the show will go back and forth to repeat certain things to make sure you're understanding the timeline. But there's some parts in the show where like it'll do camera trickery where one person will exit a doorway and then the person in another timeline enters and it's just like, whoa, okay, we're jumping forward, blah, blah, blah. So it's like artistic. Mm-hmm. But it, it's still fine. Like, I, I enjoyed it. I definitely want to talk more about it when you finish it. Uh, and then I, last... I, I, was, I heard just like what I've heard from like other places is like, um, like if you think this, but like, the like the 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 furthest future timeline seems kind of cheap as far as like production design and stuff, but then like the nineteen forties like eighteen and then like the eight, eight, what is it, nineteen or like eighteen forties whatever like the, and those then those, 19... those those are like meticulous yeah. like th- those look fantastic like costume and like setting yes. everything but then like but then like the future ones like we we put like a a fin on a car and that's the future <laughs> like it's just the British future it's just yeah weird. But they kind of went in the direction of V for Vendetta, where they had future clothes that sort of are more militant. And then you have one character who looks like she's trying to be, like, the laziest cyberpunk 2040-whatever, like, cosplayer. And I'm like, yep. okay. She looks like that, right? Then her neighbor, later on, like, you meet her neighbor, is just some woman in a bathrobe. I'm like, what? Is that like a future bathrobe or clothing? It's just like, oh, that's your neighbor. That's like the the gossipy girl next door. And you're like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. You you feel the production value in the earlier segments. And then when they get to the future, it's just like, it is sort of cheap. But again, at that point, I'm watching it for the, purely for the story. Mm-hmm. And I will forgive that. I think the good thing, too, is like it's also like it's it's one contained story. It's not like uh, we're, not, we're not getting a... Um... What was the 1887 or whatever the like the that series where they they canceled it? The we'll boat. never find out what happened. Yeah. Well, that one, yeah, like they, that's what I'm saying. If they never had a second season and this was like like uh, to finish over this one story, I would be pissed because it's like you can't just introduce this. Yeah, this is this is all one. This is like a limited series, so it's like it's it. You, you sh- there should be like a. Res- have you watched all of it, or you said you watched yeah, all I of it? it? So yeah, okay. so there so, so there's there's like a you know, conclusion to everything. I would, I mean, there is, there's sort of like this hint. I don't want to, again, I don't want to spoil it, but it's one of those things where it's supposed to be little like, Oh, look at that. Maybe. Like, Netflix. Maybe, hint, it's, hint, it's, Netflix, maybe. <laughs> but I, I swear to God, they don't need to. It's, it's just, it, it's a nice, like, Oh, okay. How, how are you going to explain that? It's like, you could, but if you don't, I'm okay with it. I like not like, this is a comfortable amount of info dumping that I don't care about the one part because it's one of those, like, you already broke the rule of the thing, so whatever, because, again, I don't want to spoil much, but it's like, okay, this makes sense. I don't know how anymore because of, if you think back to the future logic and you think about any of those things, it sort of goes in line, and then it does a new, sort of new thing, but not really. Damn it! I don't want to keep talking about it, but yeah, mm-hmm. go go watch it so we mm-hmm. can talk. Uh, then okay, wait, wait, wait. before that, like it's sort of like Loki. Then it, it 
if you watch this and Loki back to back, it's a nice satisfaction of that. Because I, I was watching Loki and this at the same time. I haven't mm. watched this week's Loki, but it's sort of that. But can you imagine if Loki just fucking ended right now? You're like, what happened? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, like it. It well, imagine it ended on the the episode that came out like right before this, like that one episode where like they entered the time thing and then just it bright it goes completely bright. Yep. That like that's how upsetting the show could have been because there are moments that do that and you're like is this the last episode or like okay shit there's more thank god so yeah you'll see what i mean anyway uh and the last movie i'll talk about and we'll chime in because we saw this we saw the ring with uh chris from radio horror we Mm -hmm. threw that on and gave it a whirl and just try to remember as best we could about that movie it, it it still holds up. I think hmm. it's 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 a similar thing to we were talking. You know, we were talking about the exorcists, like, and I think you mentioned in the commentary, like, you're you're so like contaminated, or, like kind of like if, like if you're influenced now by like, a scary movie, where it's just, like going back to like the original is like weird now, because you have the parody in your head, and also it's very simple. Like it's not like a, uh, it's more an investigation horror. And yeah. this woman who is constantly being bullied by the thing that she's helping is so, like, bizarre. Like, I, I don't understand the rule. Well, it's 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 odd that, like, Naomi Watts, like, keeps watching the tape. <laughs> it's like, oh, the tape that murders you, just keep watching it. And we were joking, like, oh, is Samara going to, like, call, just keep calling? Be like, uh, I'm taking a day off because you watched it again. Like... <laughs> I know. I the the like what happens if you keep watching it? Does it speed up your thing? Do you reset the counter? Well, the big rule is that if you copy it and give it to someone else, then you 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 oh, get spared. Yeah. But she did that really early within her time limit, and it still bullied her. Mm-hmm. And the point is, is that she wants to make more copies so she can, like, spread her message. At least that's yeah. what the first movie establishes. But if you do it, you can still get killed? I guess, you know, like, I guess if, if, someone, if someone doesn't watch the copy you make, cause you, then you're still a target or something? Because she, she makes Torque watch it, and then he gets killed, so... <laughs> We're just calling that guy Torque. <laughs> Torque McTorque. <laughs> no, yeah, Martin Henderson, yeah. Um, rocking, like, the most, like, 2000s haircut. <laughs> and then, um, the one thing that stuck out to me, like, on this rewatch was, uh, I would, I, I, I appreciate it's intentional, because it's supposed to be, like, this commentary on, like, t- t- technology and everything, but, like, just how, it's too, it, it, it's, it's, it's taking place in 2002, right? Like it's taking place in like the present day of the movie, mm-hmm. like when it came out. But just there, just so much like antiquated or like outdated technology that's being used. Like no one has, no one's using cell phones, ba- or like barely using cell phones. People are barely using computers, and it's like it's all VCRs and like landlines and newspapers and like it's all it's all this, like super like uh like obsolete like technology and research being done like like Naomi Watts like works at a newspaper 
but she doesn't she doesn't use a computer or like barely uses a computer. She like goes in like the archives of the newspaper, just like just like digging through these like giant like binders of newspapers, and then is calling people on landlines, and like Samara's calling people on landlines. No one has a cell phone to call each other to be like, hey. I'm at this lighthouse. It's weird. Like, or like, or like, hey, spoiler, like, Brian Cox, like, killed himself in the bathtub by, like, plugging a bunch of shit into, like, watching himself. Like, she, she's been at five different crime scenes and yeah. no cop cares. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. The police, the police also don't exist in, like, the, the ring universe. <laughs> except, except at the end. But even then, they let her go. Yeah. For all we know, she's like some sort of weird serial killer, some Washington State killer, and then she's just like, oh, oh well, I gotta go home to my kid. And also, the other thing to jump up to is like the actual like ring video is, I think, I mean, it's it's still it's still pretty creepy, but it's also we we were talking about like we we're making jokes like if you just throw some like. Nine Inch Nails or like some sort of like you know, like early two thousands like industrial rock over that you just you just got a, you just got a music video like yeah industrial you can get it yeah I mean and, and there's there's like Nine Inch Nails videos that are creepier than that video like but yeah I mean there there's some like weird it's like it's a, it's a really it's a well done like weird imagery of like you know anim like animals getting murdered or whatever or just like very odd scenes. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it definitely doesn't have like the same impact as like uh it might have had like, you know, twenty years ago or whatever when it came out. I mean it was scary. I I, I admit yeah. it, like when I was a kid younger watching that, I was a little afraid. Oh, yeah, yeah, like the first the first time you see it, like it's it's pretty disturbing. And but 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 if you watch like other you know other like yeah like Nine Inch Nails music videos or just like other stuff that's come out since then, and you go back to that, it's like, oh, this is just kind of odd. <laughs> the end, the end, the end still holds up, even though I've seen that. I've seen like that scene like a bazillion times. It's still, it's still pretty good. Like when like Samara crawls out of the TV. Yeah, it's still like pretty cinematic. To watch yeah. her show up and she's pissed and she's just like and a like, ghost zombie. And it, yeah, and then the effect that like Orvinsky puts on where it's like she still has like the like TV static on her, but she's like in out of the TV, but it's still kind of like the like the TV effects are still going on. It's 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 a yeah. It, Gore Verbinski is like an incredible director. Like he definitely elevated like that movie to like. Uh, Way, way more than it could have been. Like there, it, this could have been just like a, a very shitty like remake, remake of like a kind of like critically acclaimed Japanese movie. But then instead, yeah. it kind of like because of his directing and like like you know like uh, definitely kicked off this whole like J horror like trend of horror where we got like The Grudge and Dark Water and all these other like remakes of Japanese horror movies. I, I don't know. I haven't seen Dark Water in a long time, and the Grudge is okay. It's I'm not sure what's scary. The Ring of the Grudge now for that time frame. Well, who who won that fight? I don't know. <laughs> One versus Samara versus like the kid from the Grudge. Like who won that fight? Because they fought each other apparently at some point. 
Oh, they also like on the on the uh, like Wikipedia page for the ring. They also mentioned uh, Shutter. Is is was another like kind of Japanese horror remake, and then uh, the Eye, like the Jessica oh, Alba yeah, movie. I forgot about the Eye. But yeah, that was that was definitely the trend for like the early early two thousands. At least, like early to mid two thousands was like horror horror is now remakes of Japanese movies. But uh, yeah, anything anything else, Chris? Oh, that's it for me. What about you? So I watched a bunch of spooky stuff because obviously you know this week was Halloween, um, and I actually I actually saw this past weekend's you know box office sensation, Five Nights at Freddy's. Wait, yeah, yo, eight, yeah, eighty billion dollar opening weekend. Oh, uh, one, one of the like one of the best horror movie opens, like the best movie house opening of all time. I think the third best horror opening of all time. So yeah, like the Five Nights at Freddy's fans came out in droves to see this in theaters. I watched it on Peacock because it's also it's also on Peacock. It was like day and day at Peacock. Um, how how like do you know a lot about the, the lore, Chris? Are you uh, like I watched a lot of the game theory? Okay, videos and because I because I, I I went in basically cold. Like I don't I have no knowledge of like any of the backstory of the characters I've, I've, I've watched and played a little bit of the first game that's all I've seen or done of Five Nights at Freddy's yeah I, I mean and, it's one of those cultural phenomenon ones that you played yeah. just the first game I don't know if that's going to hold up for the other parts because what I'm hearing is like if you're like a fan if you're like very into like the lore apparently like everyone who like is like very into like the lore and like, played all the games loves this movie and then everyone else is kind of like it's fine, or like did it, or either didn't like it, or just kind of is like it's fine. It's not anything great, but like uh, okay. Here's my here's my baseline. I know the first game. I know the second game to a degree because of game rooms. Mm-hmm. I I have to watch more game theory things to catch up on certain characters because it's always been like hinted at of what the where the spirits are, like who's controlling what, and then. If Golden Freddy or the Golden like Freddy or whatever like is there, it sort of like changes something. Then there's a whole aspect because then they did like another one where it's like you are playing a simulation or something like that. Like it, it gets weirder because I know four was the one where it like, doesn't take place in the pizza place anymore. It mm-hmm. takes place in a child's bedroom. Then five is like you're back at a pizza place again, but this time the spirits jump bodies, so like it can switch up who's chasing you this time. Mm-hmm. And then I just like I kind of stopped. Yeah. So I, so I, yeah, I, I don't know yeah, any yeah. of that. Like I, I, just, think, I, I don't think they got I, that far in the movie, right? No, no. I, I went. I, I think this is mostly based on the first one. I mean, I think there's probably. I I, I don't know. I don't I don't know. Like people people. People who know Fred and Freddy's chime in, or like, you, you, there's probably, I'm sure there's probably stuff that like, are like, oh man, it's that thing, it's that character that's like shows up in like the fifth game or whatever. They're they're teasing it or whatever. I I don't know. <laughs> I just went in like like looking for like a like at least at least better than like Willy's Wonderland is with my was my bar, and I, and I think it I think it suppressed that. I feel I feel like they kind of have like opposite problems. Like like Willy's Wonderland was like all 
like, had, had basically like, no plot. And it was like super repetitive. And then this Five Nights at Freddy movies has like way too much plot, and then not enough like animatronic mayhem. Because like Willy's Wonderland at least had like Nicolas Cage like every couple minutes like fighting like a robot and like killing it, and then like going in the break room and like for playing pinball for whatever reason. That was like the odd structure of that movie. But this is like so much of like Josh Hutcherson trying to like you know reliving like his brother being kidnapped and then having like dreams and like like. I will get the credit that they actually do like the, it's like it is takes takes place over five nights because it's so it's like every night Josh Hutcherson goes to like you know Freddy's and then like has like learns a little bit he, he's having these like vivid dreams of like his the day his brother was like kidnapped and he's, but he's and he's like learning more information each night and there's Wait, like his he's, brother like, got kidnapped there not not there just like in like the like in the past like his brother got kidnapped and then he has then he has a younger sister who's like the the, the girl like the, the little girl in this movie is this younger sister. Oh, I thought that was like his, his son. That's what I thought too. I was like, "Oh wait, it's his, it's his sister." And then like Mary Stuart, Stuart Masterson is like their aunt, and she's like trying to get custody. That's like one of the other like kind of like drama like things in this plot in this in the movie. And then and then like so Josh Hutcherson kind of like is like he got fired from his like he was a he's a mall security guard and he got fired for like being the shit out of a guy because he thought it was like he was kidnapping a kid and turned out to be the kid's dad. And so he got fired, and then like, and he hasn't had a job since then. And then he gets, and then like, he goes to, like this like employment agency, and Matthew Lurid's there, and it's like, hey, I got this, I got this one job. It's pretty shitty. You have to work at nights. <laughs> it's at this like abandoned pizza place. You have to be the security guard for there. And so he takes that job, and then, be, then then some something with you know something with like the, the like nature of, Fre- of Freddy's like lets him like have like more vivid dreams, and he's like seeing like these ghost kids in his dreams, and then. It, like he's kind of like he's like slowly kind of like lear- like piecing together like oh I, I I try to figure out like the guy that like kidnapped my brother because maybe maybe that person's like involved with what happened to these kids at Freddy's or whatever mm-hmm. that's that's like the big drive, drive like driving plot and then also he eventually has to start bringing his sister to like Freddy's because they have like no babysitter and then she like kind of becomes friends with like Freddy and the other in the gang um there's actually there's a bizarre. Like it's like an, almost like an eighties montage of like you know, like like eighties like 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 a break in two or something where like it's like let's 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 paint the uh, the community center. It's like this like montage like like them like it's like because like Josh Hutcherson's sister Abby wants to build like a fort and it's like let's build a fort. And it's just like da 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 da. We're building a fort with the robots. Yeah, our friends Freddy's. <laughs> it's just like I, I was like what in the game. I, I was like, "What the hell is this?" Like, they're like, they're like Freddy and the gang are like nice. They're friendly. Like, I didn't, I don't think, I didn't think that was like the like the plot. Well, no, that's the plot the like in the games. Like, I mean, you find out if you you find out they they kind of have like nefarious purposes or like like later yeah, they're on. Kind of like, this girl in. Yeah, but like for like for like a lot of the movie, there's there's kind of like like they're like kind of just like friendly friendly giant robots. <laughs> just and hanging and, out with this girl. Yeah, and. Like definitely, there's definitely not enough of them like you know going on a rampage or like killing people. There's like there's like, there's like one scene that is, is like what I I was like hoping the whole movie would be where the, like some people, people like break into Freddy's and then the robots like Freddy and the gang are like are like you know stalking and killing them, but it, it, it's one scene. <laughs> so I was pretty disappointed as far as like that part. I mean, maybe that's not what Freddy and Freddy friends are going into this movie for. So. That maybe that's why they, they like it more because it's all about like the characters and the lore and like the backstory. I was not going in looking for that or like expecting that, so 
I, I will say like probably the, the highlight of the movie definitely is like the, the like the like the robot characters because like they're like Jim Henson workshop creations and they look incredible and they like th- like the way they move they're like they're like practical actual characters they're not CG right. or anything so that 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 they did that extremely like that that's probably like one of the reasons to see the movie is just like to see how the, those characters come to life in like practical form. But yeah, I mean it's 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 fine. I think if you have Peacock and you're curious, I would say check it out. I don't know if I would like run out to the theater and see it in a theater. But apparently, also if you're like super hardcore Fresno Freddy fans, apparently you like this is like right up your alley. So I don't know. Because <laughs> that's what that's what I've seen from like people who are like who are, like into like really into like the lore and into, like played all the games. Are, like oh yeah, this is this is exactly what I wanted for this movie. So if you're if you're if you if it's that and you haven't seen it yet, I would say yeah, go check it out. I mean, I, I would say, I mean, estimating it, I didn't think it was for the fans, but now it's like, yeah, it's just for the fans. It, 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 yeah, it seems like it's just for the fans. I thought it'd be a little bit of a middle ground, but there is no middle. It's either like you're all about it or you're completely lost. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't think it was terrible. It just like I kind of, I was, I was kind of hoping it would be more. Like you know, you know more robot mayhem, more of a top. It's also it's also very dour and very serious. Like like the like the Josh Hutcherson is just like so just depressed and like dour and serious the entire movie. Like and it's, the whole movie is kind of self serious. I was just like that's kind of not the tone I was looking for either. Like when you're talking about like like a, a movie where like giant like giant animatronic robots like kill people. Like I don't really want I don't want this like you know deadly serious like like study about like about like tra- past trauma or whatever it is so hmm. there's got there's got to be some sort of like like between like willie's wonderland and this if you like somehow took the best elements of both and combined them then like that's kind of the movie i would like i want <laughs> like movie. maybe i haven't seen it yet i'll have to watch that and just like see if that's like the ultimate <laughs> the ultimate version of this I've heard it's okay. Like mm-hmm. it's not mind blowing. I've seen clips. I kind of know the plot, and I agree. it's like it's self aware. Like if you took if you took like the like the animatronic characters the way they're done here and like the setting here, but then have an over the top like Nicolas Cage character and like more a more like you know light a lighter tone or like more like more like self aware tone. That's that's kind of I, th- I feel like that's kind of what I'm wanting, but like maybe that's not what Fight the fans want. They want like dour, serious character study. <laughs> Seems so because they're the ones who are seeing this movie a lot. Yeah. So who knows? I yeah I thought I thought it was okay. I, I wasn't really too big. Like I, it's definitely not the best video game thing that's come out this year. I I, I think I've probably like, even like twisted metal over that this and like I, definitely not as good as like Last of Us or Super Mario Brothers movie. But if you have if you have Peacock, if you're looking for something slightly spooky, it's fine. And then I also uh, on Halloween I watched Cobweb over on Hulu, which came out early earlier this year. Over like it came out it had like a limited release this, this summer, and I thought it was I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it's it's a kind of nasty little like horror movie. It's, it kind of feels like a Tales from the Crypt or like a not quite creep show because like creep show usually has like a, it's kind of like a lighter like you know cheesier tone. But definitely, definitely something like a darker kind of like anthology, movie, like something you'd see like a dark, like a darker anthology movie. But it, but it's all it's it's just it's one you know obviously one story. Um, and yeah, basically basically the setup is you have 
Woody Norman, who was in, he was in that movie, Come On, Come On, with uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. It, it, apparently he was also in like Last Voyage of the Meter, so he was like dual, like double horror movies this year for him. But he's he's this kid named Peter. He lives with like very like overprotective, overbearing parents that like don't let him, they don't want him even like trick or treating for Halloween. Which actually, this I didn't realize this watching it on Halloween, but this is like the, like a perfect Halloween movie because it, it takes place like the week leading up to Halloween. Huh. Um. And like he's getting bullied in school and all this stuff, and then and then kind of what happens is like at night he starts hearing like noises and then eventually starts hearing like a voice in his in like the wall of his bedroom, and he's and he's trying to figure out like what what is this like is this like am I imagining this is this, like is the actual like you know person or creature or something in the walls and then his parents are like clearly hiding something and like getting like more and more like you know creepy and like kind of just, like gaslighting him and be like. There's nothing in the walls, Peter. Stop talking about it. <laughs> like, don't worry about uh, that noise. Yeah, and his, and his parents are played by uh, uh, Lizzie Kaplan and Anthony Starr, who are both great. Although my my one I, one minor nitpick is, I feel like Lizzie Kaplan is going a little bit over the top. Like she's doing like some sort of like it feels like she's doing like a 30s or 40s kind of like accent of like a theatrical kind of like you know Hollywood like. Um, it, it kind of feels like what she did in like um, Castle Rock season two, where she was playing Annie Wilkes. Which it's it's a it clashed a little bit with like Anti Star was like much more grounded like but but Anti Star is doing like that like his like Homelander kind of like but like when Homelander is like trying to put on like the like you know the thinnest facade of like being like a normal person and it's like right. barely like, barely being held barely on holding it together yeah yeah we're just like it's like come on yeah it's like come on kiddo there's nothing in the walls like just like shut up about it like. You gotta, you gotta protect. You gotta do something to protect your family. Sometimes, kid, like, <laughs> no, all sorts of red flags. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the beginning, it's they're sort of like they kind of try to put on this like it's, it, there's a little bit of like leeway, but then like short, shortly in, you're just like, oh no, these parents are terrible at hiding something, and they're they've done something horrible. <laughs> and then like uh, Cleopatra Coleman plays. Uh, uh, Peter's like substitute teacher, and she kind of gets suspicious about something that, like, like Peter's like drawing like these like disturbing pictures in school, and like, and then so she kind of like gets involved and starts investigating it. But yeah, it's it's a it's a yeah it's a, it's a fun, uh, kind of you know like it, it gets like the, it, toward the end it, it gets like really like nasty and it goes to some places and you're just like oh shit they're doing this okay <laughs> like. Uh, I, yeah, I won't, I won't spoil like the ending or like what's what it, the actual like yo, know, uh, what is actually going on. But I, I would say definitely if you have Hulu, check it. You want to see like a, a a cool, fun little horror movie? Definitely check it out. And then I also uh, actually I, it was after I watched Friday Night Freddy's on Peacock. I was like looking for something else horror related. And then they have on Peacock they have the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead, which I had not seen in forever. So I was like, oh, I'll watch that. Uh, I think I think it still holds up. I think that's probably one of the best like horror remakes uh, yeah. made, uh, ever made. Like I mean, obviously not as good as the not, it can't be as good as the original one, but like I think Zack Snyder definitely put like his a, a lot of like interesting new spins on it. Um, some some new crazy stuff like like the like the zombie baby birth scene is like insane in that movie, and the opening is also like just incredible. Like that opening sequence where you're, like where you like like you know. Like Sarah Polly wakes like goes to bed and like wakes up and it's like it's like a fucking apocalypse going on. Yep. 
I, I enjoyed that movie. Um, I think people forget that he still was a visionary for making a zombie movie and showing us, like, a horror well, it's, movie it's, that... It's, it's so odd, like, watching this again and then seeing, like, Army of, De- Army of the Dead, which is, like, it's like you made you made like a great zombie movie, and then the Army of the Dead is like fine, but it's nowhere near as good as Army of the Dead. True, I will I will agree with that. Though I did like Army of the Dead, the one where it's like just the lockpicking guy. That writing was oh, fun. Yeah, but that, that like that like barely that that was that was like I think there was like just like side stuff like oh hey there's this weird zombie thing happening. You guys see, anyway. see this? Like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're, we're like we're robbing this bank. But yeah, I mean the the, the ca- like the cast of like that the, the 2004 Dawn of the Dead's awesome. Like Ving Rhames is just awesome in it. Uh, Michael Kelly, who's been in like Jack Ryan, House Cards, and like all <laughs> like everything recently. Like he was in like Lioness, Any- anything that's like CIA related. Like he's in it now. And then, like Ty Burrell from Modern Family is just, like like the, the, the giant asshole, <laughs> the, the rich asshole who just shows up at the, at the, the mall and everyone hates him. Yep. It's, it's weird to think I, I remember him from that, and then it's like years later. It's like Modern Family. Yeah, he's like the dorky dad. <laughs> like, like Matt Matt Frewer shows up for like a scene, and he's like infected and just like, oh, you gotta kill me. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's depressing. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot, definitely like it. It kind definitely nails like that, like Romero, kind of like depressing, like. Shit, shit's bad. Like life's bad. like life's terrible sometimes. Like you gotta do what you need to do to survive, and it's like especially, especially like like the stuff with like um like like Andy, the guy like across the street at the gun store that, that they all become friends with, just by like 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 making signs, and like like and then like they go to rescue him, and, he's, and like, when they go to rescue him, he's just like immediately killed by zombies. And like and like, Ving Rhames just formed this like giant bond with him, and like it's just like Ving Rhames just devastated after that. But then, but then they like they build like the awesome like uh like armored armored buses, and then like that, that the whole sequence at the end is awesome, where they're just like driving through and like like with like they have the chainsaws that go outside and everything. And it's, it's also weird too, because like like uh, James Gunn like wrote the screenplay for that movie. And that was like one of his like really? big. I think that was like one of his first like post. Like, I think it was like one of his first like post trauma like uh, things. Because then after that, he directed Slither, which is like you know his first like big directing movie. Damn, like that's a good pedigree. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say d- definitely if you've not seen the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead in a while or ever, definitely check it out. Um, it's Yo, very awesome zombie movie, and then you know, definitely one of the better like uh, horror remakes of all time. Like, I, I, if you haven't seen if you haven't seen either, if you haven't seen Romero one or this one, I would say watch the Romero one first because that's obviously like, like you know the classic, the one that and when it basically like create the whole genre or like really like refine the whole genre. But yeah, Dawn of the Dead definitely one like one of Zack best movies, and uh, yeah, really great zombie movie. And uh, that's it for me this week. So we can wrap things up. Uh, definitely have a site. We've got all of our usual features up there. We've got, if you want to uh, check out, I have a written review of Finance Phrase. If you want to read my review of that. We've got our commentary for last month, which was uh, 
child actually this month or yeah last month october a child's play we watched the original child's play because it was it was a surprisingly big month for chucky last month with between like hollywood horror nights mazes and season three of chucky the series and multiple anniversaries for like movies in this in the franchise so yeah we, we celebrated all things chucky by watching the uh the og and uh we'll be back this month with another commentary and all the other, you can check out the trailers that we talked about this week. You can check out all the other regular features and everything that goes up on the site every day. So have check all that stuff out. And uh, yes, yeah, so for Chris, I'm Zach, and we will see you next week. For more Everything Action, head to www.everythingaction.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at EVAction, on Facebook by searching for Everything Action, and follow us on Instagram at everything.action. You can also subscribe and get more episodes on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.